Hi, it's episode 173, and today we're talking about sustainable fashion. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A-style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's Danae. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we are talking with Brendan Sinnett, who is the CEO of Pact Organic. Many of you might be familiar with Pact. Some of you may not. My husband and I have both been wearing Pact for probably six or seven years now, but we haven't dabbled in their kids line. And I'm talking today with Brendan a little bit more about sustainable fashion and kids. Honestly, I don't feel like there are a lot of good, affordable resources when it comes to buying sustainably for our kids' clothing. Today, Brendan is going to teach us about the organic cotton industry and some things to look for when we're trying to shop more sustainably for our kids. We're also chatting a little bit more about what life looks like living sustainably with four kids in his house. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick word from this week's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is PrepDish. So what is PrepDish? PrepDish is a meal planning service, and I had my doubts about whether I would need something like this. I mean, there's no shortage of online recipes out there, but I found that it was immensely useful to me right away. So the difference between going out onto Pinterest and finding some recipes versus using this meal planning service is that it's already curated for you. So you get the list each week of the recipes that you're going to be making And at the beginning of the list is the ingredients. You go out, buy your ingredients. You might order them if you do online grocery delivery. And then you have a prep day where you spend an hour or two prepping the dishes for the week. And once you've done all the prepping, all the chopping, all the pre-cooking that you can do, on dish day, it really just takes 10 or 15 minutes to assemble an amazing home-cooked meal. If your kids have a witching hour like mine, this is an amazing option. So I encourage you to try it. Go to PrepDish.com forward slash families and you'll get two weeks free. Again, that's PrepDish.com forward slash families. All right, back to my conversation with Brendan. I'm looking forward to trying some of PAC's organic options for kids. I'm hopeful to see companies like this and others expanding into more sustainable, affordable options. If you have questions or comments, or you just want to see the things that Brenda and I are talking about, you can go to the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 173. Thanks again for tuning in. Hi, Brendan. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to talking about this for quite some time. I know that many members of the Simple Families audience are interested in sustainable fashion, and I think... First and foremost, we don't even really know what that means when we say sustainable fashion. And it can be really confusing, especially when we're thinking about shopping sustainably for our kids. So when I say sustainable fashion, particularly as it pertains to kids, what what does that mean? How do you how do you define that? Yeah, I mean sustainable is a journey and there's nothing perfect about it. Um it, it's so much for us. And I think that the bigger idea around it is just having a, a more consciousness to understand like the clothes that you put on your body, the sheets that you sleep in, the towels that you use, the, the fabrics that touch your skin day in and day out, like who made them and where did they come from? 
Um, and then there's a thousand degrees of sustainability kind of beyond that. Um, what we do at PACT is really focus in on, on two things that we think is really important. Um, one is cotton and using only organic cotton uh, because we think it's pure. It has less tex- less toxicides and it's um, you know, better for the planet overall and it just makes a better product, more importantly. Uh, and then a, a fair trade certification that says the people that, that made our clothes are kind of treated equally to the people that wear them. Um, so we, we want a, a, to make sure that the factory workers that actually cut and sew the product um, are treated to the best possible way um, within whatever country they're in. And ours are particularly in, in, in India. So how long have you been at PACT? Um, we have had PACT for nearly 10 years. We've been working at it. Um, the, the company was founded in 2009 uh, so and founded exclusively with this idea that we wanted to build um, you know, a, a company that would impact the apparel industry. The apparel industry, the textile industry is responsible for 20% of world pollution um, and, and, and has a massive impact on water pollution. And then there's the, the terrible things of like factory suicides and factory collapses because people aren't being treated right in the process. So all of that to me feel, felt like a very real problem um, that I could go fix um, really just by creating awareness to say, hey, where did, where did these clothes get made? Who are they made by and what are they made of? And can they be made in a way that's less impactful, that's more sustainable for the planet? Um, because the way it's operating today is, is pretty gross and uh, pretty destructive to the environment and to communities. Right. And because of the, a lot of the clothing production happens outside of the U.S., I feel like at least here in, in America, we're not really all that aware of what that process actually looks like. Yeah, it's it's a incredibly labor intensive product to make apparel. Um, one of the things that one of our founders would say is, you know, robots don't make your clothes; people do, um, and it's true. It's not like there's a there's a machine that that pumps out t-shirts. Um, the t-shirts are made up of multiple pieces, all cut by hand, all sewed by hand by people um, in overseas factories and. Uh, and when you see the the amount of people that they employ and then the impact that those people have on their own individual communities um, to be treating them in a way that is fair um, and that empowers them is something that we feel is important. And, and although it happens overseas, you know, there's just there's, there's the right way to go do things, um, despite if it's in your backyard or someplace you can't see it. So we've seen the rise of fast fashion over the last couple of decades, just grow out of control. Can you explain, first of all, what fast fashion is? The, the idea around fast fashion um, is, is to say, how can we as quickly as possible um, make a product that is relevant to today's fashion trends and have it in stores, no matter the cost um, to the environment or to people to go do that? Um, and that, that it's, and so that's kind of one concept of like, we have a lot of things that are fast and then because we have so many things that are fast, there's so many new things and, and consumers, this is like the crazy, crazy style that consumers throw, throw away 85 pounds of clothing a year, typically. Um, so we're just buying so many clothes that we don't really need, um, because of, uh, of all the fashions that are readily available to us in our face all the time for very cheap. Um, that, that's, those are the elements that to me make up, uh, fast fashion, which is kind of a, it's kicked off a somewhat destructive cycle, um, in terms of the impact of people's clothing and that fashion on people and communities and the planet. 
Yeah. And especially when it comes to kids, I think we have developed this attitude that not just kids clothing, but kids toys and pretty much anything kid related is, should be more or less disposable. Yeah. It's, and as a parent, I fight it, right? Like in, in that fight starts with you just starting with disposable diapers <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't yeah. want to be putting, you know, dirty diapers in, in the dispose in the waste system. There's got to be a better way. And then you get into it as a parent and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't go do that. It's like, I doesn't work for my family and my lifestyle. And so you start very quickly, I think, being a lot of stuff is put into your face in terms of what you consume, how many Amazon boxes are showing up, what you're throwing out. Why does my garbage can always seem full? Why is there, you know, and you do your best to recycle and you do your best to compost, but families produce a lot more stuff. And it's, um, it, it's, it typically means a sacrifice to, to, to fight against it, but it's, it's worth it when, when you can and where you can make it work. Yeah. And with children, especially young children who grow so quickly, I think we can get caught up in this idea that it's too expensive to buy enough clothes for kids sustainably because they are just going to wear them out and they need a lot of them because they ruin them quickly. And I haven't really found that. I tend to buy high quality cottons for my kids. And a couple of things that I've noticed with high quality cotton is that not only do they wash better and stains come out better, but they also don't get as wrinkled. So if it's not folded perfectly in the drawer, if it gets like knocked around, it's it's not such a big deal. So I've actually found that buying better cotton is easier and we need less of it. But I don't think that that, that idea has really gone mainstream yet. What yeah, think? I, th- I think it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing to be able to like, my kid only has two or three t-shirts and that's it. And we're going to wash them consistently and they're not going to destroy them and they're not going to lose them. Um, you know, and, and we're just going to reuse those over and over again. That's, 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 and, and what's so funny is I think with kids, like that's what you want as a parent. And then even if you do have like seven different t-shirts for your kids, I know with my kids, you know, if we do have too many, they still want to wear the same one or two over and over again anyway. So it's kind of like, Oh yeah, I definitely have that, especially with my. They're telling us that we think we need to give them more because they need the choice or we need the outfit, but really they don't need it. Yeah, and what kills me is socks. I have this this thing with socks. Like we usually only buy about at any given time. Each of us has about five pairs of socks, and I have a lot of parents that say, "Well, what happens when you run out or we lose socks?" And the reality is, if you have five pairs of socks and you lose them all, then you have to find them. And sure enough, like if you like look underneath your sofa and in your car, all you'll find them. And if you have twenty five pairs of socks, you're going to probably lose all twenty five pairs of socks, and then you just have socks all over your house which is kind of the end result yeah and and i mean and that's that having like 25 cent 25 pairs of socks for your kids is is almost like the equivalent of like you know giving them cans of coca-cola for snacks right yes (laughs) from it's like just treat them you don't need to have a lot you can figure it out without it it's like it's um it's, it's it's interesting how those habits that you go you know, you shape your kids with and kind of what that means for their consumption over time. Absolutely. The way we buy will teach them. And even if it's just something little like buying a ton of socks because you're afraid they're going to lose them, well, maybe we should be working on teaching them how to keep track of them and how to take care of them and setting that example ourselves. Yeah. And and I think that's why like 
it's sustainability and like making those choices is such a journey as opposed to like finite things that you can check off of a box because it's, it's ultimately it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make sacrifices to your individual lifestyle for sustainability. You have to do it kind of when it works, otherwise it won't be sustainable. Right. And I actually don't find a few things that we've done around fabrics in our house, our house to be more sustainable is that we, well, we have really small wardrobes and we just wash every day. And a lot of people think that that sounds like a lot of work, but to me, it sounds like a lot of work to do 10 loads of laundry on a Sunday, um, and have overwhelming hampers full of, full of clothes, clothing. But I, I found that it's not really that bad doing a little load of laundry every day. And we also do, um, cloth paper towels and we wash those every couple of days and it just it's become part of our routine and it doesn't feel like a lot of work it just feels like part of the rhythm of, of the day so i do think that there is a, also a bit of a misconception about this idea that it's actually harder to be sustainable totally totally it's so it's so funny you say that i grew up uh, in a household where it was the 10 10 bales of laundry at the end of the week and you could never find anything so you needed stuff <laughs> And my wife is the total opposite now where she's got like a double stack, two washers and dryers <laughs> so that she can on a daily basis just continually refresh what we're using. So it's we're using only what we need and it's it's available to us. Um, yeah. And it's awesome because everything that you love is always clean and it's always available and everything that your kids want to wear. I mean, I know my daughter wants to wear the same thing pretty much like five days a week. It's always clean and she's yep. always happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anything else in your house that you have done to move towards sustainability with young kids that you feel like has made a big difference in your family life? And you've any other any any tips for being sustainable at home with kids? Uh, I, I think I think for us, what we find what what I found like things that they I can connect with them on and that they understand are like one like food sustainability, like you know why buy organic, why buy fair trade. And where did the where did the food come from? Can we buy it locally? We're lucky we live in Boulder. There's lots of farmers markets in Colorado, um, and so like you know having that conversation with them and just it's something that they get a lot of benefit from because they love to eat, and they love food, and then it's a way to kind of connect that that food actually has an impact. It's an area that they, I found that they easily understand. Um, and then the second one is just generally around like waste. Um, and that's around everything that, you know, why is there recycling? Why is there compost? Um, you know, why does something have to go in the trash? How do we minimize it and, and thinking through and, and, and making them aware of those choices. Um, and then the, the last piece is just around kind of like play and exercise. And that's just around just health for us. Um, you know, I want them to be inquisitive. I want them to be adventurous. I want them to be, um, um, healthy and, and, and how do we do that in ways that are conscious and, um, and where they're aware of the, of the impact that they're making, um, and their choices. And so those are the things that we kind of cue in on. Our kids are, are pretty young. Um, so it feels like it has to be simple and tangible and repetitive for it to kind of sink in. Right. And they have to see us doing it. They have to see us as the models for that kind of behavior in order for it to really stick. Exactly. It has to be natural to us. They, like they know <laughs> it, it, like, yes. they'll, they'll see it in our daily choices. That's really the, the best way that we can, we can do it. But those, those seem to be the areas where they cue in the most. 
Yes. And I think that they, uh, they don't at quite at such a young age, pick up when pick up on things when we're not being consistent about like, I, I went to visit this preschool and they really pushed the benefits of their composting program and their organic garden. And then it was snack time and they were all eating off of styrofoam plates. And I see things like that. And I, I sort of think there's, um, it, there's this disconnect between um, wanting to put this good face forward of, hey, we do all these green things. And there's all these perks to doing the doing life this way, and this is sort of the desirable way to be raising kids. Um, but then sometimes we're backtracking, and I feel like kind of reversing all of those efforts at the same time. And I know that there's a lot of that in not just the clothing industry, but also in the food industry, um, which is called is it called greenwashing? Yeah, I think that that's a term just that, that I've seen where where okay. folks are are trying to take credit for movements that are positive, even though it's kind of not really what their core product is about or core yeah, brand. It's not really making a difference, yeah. more or less. And I, how do we be conscious consumers about that? I feel like I get super overwhelmed and my husband works in sustainability. So I think that as a family, we're probably more tuned in and more informed than some. And I still get really overwhelmed, like organic, natural, fair trade. There's all these certifications. Like how do we make sense of it and how do we start doing better? Yeah, I think the certifications are a good place to start. Um, you know, and, and it's it's to me it always starts with kind of like what you're interested in and and whatever your personal interests are whether it's your health or whether it's food or whether it's travel um or whatever it may be or gardening like those are the sorts of things that i i encourage people to go deep on being like i love this as a passion of mine and I also love this planet and love my community. So when I do this passion, I want it to be in a way that positively impacts my community and my planet. And, I, and, and what's so awesome is that like most kids and most younger folks and millennials, particularly, um, and even oh, I'm, I'm 40, I'm about to be 41, that, that, but I still, I feel like I had that mindset of, of, you know, I can make change. I can vote with my dollar and I can make an impact with what I buy. Um, in some ways, more than I can make an impact in voting in other ways. And it's someplace, and it's a way that impacts kind of my local community and the things that I care about. So that, that's, that's to me where I start. It's like you got to start with your heart and your, your, your genuine curiosity to, to find a better way in whatever subject that is. And then kind of using the, the industry certifications as um, kind of easy to understand badges. It's kind of the same way that like when you walk into Whole Foods to go shopping, you're like, oh, Whole Foods has made sure that they're not going to put some chemically laden item on the shelf in here that's going to hurt me or my family. They've gone through that process. And, you know, like brands like Whole Foods are great examples of that. Um, and then utilizing certifications and utilizing um, just the, the understanding of the, the, you know, reading what's the back of the ingredients. Like the first company I ever started was a granola company. I started it in 2002. It was called Bare Naked. And it was all about like the, the cereal aisle and understanding like, oh my gosh, I walk in the cereal aisle and it's just cartoon characters and I don't know where the ingredients came from. And I eat cereal every day and I want to eat the healthiest possible cereal so I can have energy. So how am I going to make one that with ingredients that I can understand and that's processed in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like it's too much or like there's some sort of secret sauce in it. It should be, food should be simple. And that's, 
I put my whole passion in terms of understanding and building a better cereal product in a more sustainable way. And um, that's, you know, that, that's, that's, I think what every individual has to cue in into to, to make it be, um, you know, a, a, a fun journey getting after sustainability. Yeah, because it can definitely get overwhelming. I feel like if you can afford to shop somewhere like Whole Foods, it's amazing because they take the guesswork out of it. You go in and you pretty much know that most of the things on the shelves are going to be safe. They're going to be well curated for chemicals. Um, and I think that, that that's so helpful for someone that gets easily overwhelmed by trying to be sustainable, which I know that I've heard that from a lot of my audience members, the sort of, where do I begin? Where do I start? Um, because there are so many different arenas to start with, whether it's, you know, at your toiletries or your food or your clothing, wherever you're going to begin. But you're right. I like that idea of just sort of starting in the area that you're passionate about and making small increments. Yeah, like if, if, you know, I am passionate about food, I want to go shopping. All right. I do not want to Get, come home with bags that I throw away <laughs> when I go shopping. So I'm going to bring something reusable, easy, makes sense, like tangible. And, you know, those, those are the, just like the easy first steps. Like the, the classic thing that everybody's talking about now is, is the plastic straw is now gone. Yeah. Or is it, it's clean and, and for good reason, but it, it, but, you know, simple choices like that where you, where you can, where it feels good for you and it, and it can be easy for you. Or if you have the energy, it can be hard for you um, and that you feel good about. And that most importantly, like the, that you can try to commit to, to make a habit and a repeat. Yeah. Um, because doing it, doing it one time and just doing a hundred things one time. Like, I just feel like that's, I don't, that doesn't feel as right to me as being like, listen, I'm just going to focus on not running the water when I brush my teeth. Like let's just start there. Yes. I I can commit to that and I'm going to make that a habit and then I'll figure out the next one after that. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think so many of families that are already overwhelmed just by life and by the stress of having kids and young kids, especially that when you try to go big and go all out, you're just going to kind of crash and burn and give up. So starting with these little efforts rather than just trying to go all in all at once. I think that they say you need to do something 22 days in a row to make it a habit. Yeah, absolutely. So like first of every month, try to do it 22 days. If you don't do it all 22 days, you, you skip a few. That's okay. But try to do something 22 days in a month. Yeah. And well, and just kind of giving, go on to the next one. giving yourself some grace around it too. I feel like I, I know my husband, my husband scolds me every time I take a plastic straw now. Um, and I forget, like, it's hard to keep up with these things. I mean, I know you read in the news that, Plastic straws are a no-no now, but I've been using plastic straws my whole life. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to remember. So when that happens, like it's not, uh, let it go and do better next time. And yeah. that I, I think that is something, especially for parents who are already, already have a lot on their plates, that that's something I think we need to allow ourselves. Yeah. Go, it's okay to go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee in a big styrofoam cup that's filled with chemicals. You do it once every couple of years. Yeah, I get scolded on Instagram all the time by people about things like using baby carrots because they come in plastic bags. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm just doing my best, people. I have never claimed to be perfect. I have never claimed to be the, the ultimate environmentalist. I'm just over here doing my best when I can in the areas that are relevant to my family and really possible right now for me and my family. And yes, we still use baby carrots in plastic bags. 
it's so funny you, you want the way you say that because like at pact right we're, we're trying to do this and we it's impossible for us to be perfectly sustainable like there's no no such thing it's it's like we work hard at it every day and we currently ship bags our products in plastic bags right now and we've been working on a solution for a couple of years now and it's going to change to a compostable bag which is awesome we're psyched about but you know like i wanted to fix it literally for 4 years it took 2 years of figuring it out within our supply chains to be able to make it happen and make product overseas in multiple factories and have them put it in a package that is going to get to your doorstep in a way that you still want to buy and wear um and and it's just it's it's hard and we it's it's not about doing it right immediately. It's about committing to it and doing it, you know, when you can and when you can make it consistent, uh, because that's ultimately, like, in some ways, the higher level definition of sustainable. It's like, can you do right. it over and over again? And as we see companies like Pact grow, which I'm hoping that we do, because I feel like the availability of these products needs to be more and more so. But I think seeing change, like you said, with those plastic bags, stuff like that takes time, especially when you're working with a large organization that has complex supply chains and things going on, that it's not going to happen overnight. And I don't think we can ever really expect any company, even when they're doing their best and they're making sustainable claims, we can't expect them to be perfect. Yeah. Even though I'm sure people do expect that from you all the time. <laughs> we, we get hammered on it. On yeah. As we should, though. As we should, right? It, it is not right. And we can do better. But know that we're working at it. And it's coming. And, it's coming. and you know, it's, we, we're, by the way, we're doing like 25 other things really awesome that nobody else is doing. And let's remember yeah. that part also. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of reminding yourself of that because you yeah. can't fix all the little problems right at once. So tell me now, when we're thinking about organic cotton, what are the, I, I feel like there are benefits for the environment and there are also benefits for us as individuals as far as going pesticide free in our clothing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the um, organic cotton, the, the kind of headlines of it is um, it, it uses a lot less water, number one. Um, you know, some quotes are like up to 80% less water than traditional cotton. Um, and, and that's primarily because it's grown in regions that um, are meant to grow cotton um, and so and meant to grow in cotton in a natural organic way as opposed to kind of a synthetically fertilized pesticized chemicalized way um, and so th that's that's kind of the the, the benefit and there's um, cotton as a crop overall if you look at your closet you look at what you sleep in you look at what you wash yourself off in the bath or shower it's like cotton really is the fabric of our lives it is everywhere it's probably you know 70 percent of what's in somebody's closet is cotton or cotton fibers um, so you can have a real impact just by going from conventional cotton to organic cotton in terms in your own wardrobe if you just make that one simple choice it'll affect 70 percent of the fiber that's in your cotton or in your home um, which is awesome um, and cotton is a, is a great fiber it makes beautiful fabrics that we want to live our lives and we want them to touch our skin uh, so the you know the other benefits of of organic cotton production is um, one at the, at the farm level, not, not putting pesticides, not using toxic chemicals in the growing, not polluting waterways, using less water. So very beneficial from a planet and think about the, the communities that grow that cotton. Um, do you want chemicals in, in the air around your community or do you want 
organic fertilizers that are naturally made. Um, so those are those are kind of big benefits. And then in order for a product to technically be called organic, so we sell organic underwear, um, which means that we use organic cotton in it. But when we dye and we process our cotton, it also limits toxic chemicals, metals, um, and, and, and nasty dyes in the process of us actually turning the cotton into a, a, a piece of clothing that you put on your skin or that you sleep in at night. Um, so the, the organic certification, the benefit in apparel is both at the factory, at the sorry, at the farm level, um, but then in the production of the cotton uh, and the types of dyes and chemicals that can be used in the processing of it, yielding hopefully a more pure, better quality product is what we believe. So I'm kind of thinking out loud here. So cotton is grown in a cotton field on a farm, which presumably has other crops in some sort of vicinity. So when you're growing conventional cotton, I would imagine that those some of those pesticides and the products that are being used on conventional cotton are going to make their way into some of the other crops too, in the ground and in the water supply and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like the and 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 cotton is a super intensive crop from a water standpoint um, and very intensive from a pesticide and a herbicide application. It, it, cotton takes up like 7% of the world's um, farming land, yet it uses like 25% of the world's pesticides that are put into the ground are to deal with pests in conventional cotton. So it's, it's 7% of, of the acreage, but 25% of the poundage of of pesticides going into the, the ground to, to, to grow it in that manner, um, utilizing genetically modified seeds that require specific chemicals and inputs to go grow them. Um, so it's like, I always think about like, yeah, we, we like we grow our organic cotton in India um, and we, we grow our cotton there and we make our products there. Um, and, but to, to kind of take it home, cotton's grown in the U S um, so cotton, Texas, um, in the South, obviously, grow a lot of cotton still. And so imagine like going to high school and your high school or your elementary school is next to a, a cotton plantation that's spraying consistently or a cotton farm that's spraying consistently. And like that's I just uh, I uh, from a community standpoint, I just I wouldn't want my kids there. Um, and I think if we can chip away at that, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a huge industry. But if we can chip away at that and 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 grow this fiber that we all love in a better way. Um, that that's less, less, that's, I would argue more sustainable, um, for our planet and our people. Like let's go do that. It's going to take years to unwind what we already had done, but it's like, let's go chip away at it day by day. Right. And now thinking about the next generation, buying them organic clothing when they're young is not really enough to make a difference in, the environment per se, because I think that we really have to teach our kids how to love the environment and how to love nature in order for them to want to continue to do it as they get older and to really understand the value of these things. And I know you being in Boulder, it's a big outdoor community. I think you probably have a really easy time getting your kids outside, but in lots of parts of the country and in lots of families, it's it's hard to get our kids out into nature. And if our kids are not spending time in nature, they're not going to be able to fall in love with the environment and they're not really going to have that value to take care of it as they grow. And that's one of the things we talk about here on the podcast a lot is the importance of outdoor play. Um, but I think with the, with the rise of screen time and the increase of t- amount of time that kids are being 
kept inside, whether it be at school or at home or whatever it is, I think that that is another risk for our kids and for the world as they're growing older too. Yeah, I, I agree. We um, There's a great organization in Boulder, um, which we tried to support over the years called the Big Green. Um, and what their idea is, is they go put um, learning gardens into elementary schools across the country, primarily like in a lot of urban environments where this gets back to like, you know, like passion and sustainability. And why I always love the idea is like, how do you, you know, you might not be able to, to help a, a family get outside consistently um, across the board, but when their kids are in school, how do you make sure outside learning with nature, with something they love, like food, is something that's a part of their life. Um, and I love, like, I love programs like that, that, that give those experiences to kids. And um, that's, that's one example, but I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I as a parent, like, I'm, I, don't like really even being inside with my kids. I want to be outside doing something um, all the time because I think they're happier. I'm happier. You kind of actually have to do less parenting outside. I feel like you do more parenting in your own totally. house. Totally. Yes. When you're, <laughs> which is more sustainable for me as a as a happy dad. Yeah. And, um, a husband to my wife that I, you know I love. Also. Yeah, I think most people listening will agree that kids behave like a hundred percent worse when they're inside at home as opposed to outside anywhere. <laughs> Again, they're telling us something. They want to be outside. They're going to behave better outside. And they and we only need to really buy them one or two outfits because they want to wear it every day. Exactly. Right. So just follow their lead. Child-led is almost always the way to go. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about the kids' clothing industry, I have, I'm kind of in limbo right now. I used to buy a lot from Hannah Anderson, and the quality has just taken a huge dive in the past year and a half. And I'm just done. Um, they used to have some good sustainable programs there with, they had a, a Hannah me down program where they were um, accepting hand me downs and repurposing those. Um, and they had a lot of organics and they're just kind of phasing all that out. And the quality is, is dropping. And now I'm kind of stuck. I feel like there aren't any, I, I feel like there's a big gap in the market. And I know that you all at PACT are doing some kids stuff, but do you have at this point enough to sort of fully sustain a kid's wardrobe or what sort of products are you offering? Yeah, we. Um, I love one of my favorite things in running this company is making making kids clothes and putting my kids in them, feeling proud about it. Um, it's like it's there's a just great personal joy I have of like my kid was wearing our orange drawstring shorts and and the matching orange t shirt over the weekend for the Broncos, and it was just like it was awesome. <laughs> it's just like so much pride, and it's soft, and it's. And more importantly, it's something that they want to wear. Um, so what we make is, um, I think all of our product is 100% cotton except for the underwear, um, which is 95% cotton. So nearly 100% cotton in everything that we make. And we make underwear. Um, we make awesome leggings for kids. And we have a playground-proof legging that has like reinforced knees and reinforced bottoms so that when they wear out, you don't have to throw it out. Um, or when they could inevitably, you know, bump their knee. Um, and then we have a, something called a hand-me-down hoodie, um, which is a, a, a kind of a beefy hoodie that actually has multiple, you can write multiple people's names in it. So it's built to be kind of given away after the fact. Um, and we have t-shirts and we have uh, pajama sets. And then we also have a ton of stuff for baby. Um, so we have, you know, the we call it the, the Snapster, um, but it's kind of that classic onesie. 
um, along with a, a sleeper footy. So just the kind of a cozy hundred percent cotton, um, sleeping PJ outfit for babies. So we, we make the basics. Um, we're, we're working on what we all, we've always found is like when we want somebody to change into buying organic or, or do these sorts of things, like we want to do the basics really well at a great value that everybody can afford or most people can afford. Um, so, and make it accessible and then slowly work up to the kind of more stylish, fashionable items that, um, you know, might fit less people overall. So we, that, that's, that's what we have currently with kids and we offer everything from baby stuff all the way up to, um, 12 T. Um, so toddlers are roughly, you know, like eight, 10 year old kid until, until they can start making their own choices. And that we're, we're tackling that next. Got it. So my husband and I have been wearing Pact for six or seven years, probably. Um, first discovered it at Whole Foods, and we we wear the underwear. My husband wears the undershirts, um, and we've both been fans for a long time. But I've never tried your kid stuff, so I think I'm going to have to put that on on my list. It, yeah, the uh, the kid stuff is great. It's um, it's we have graphic tees and all kinds of fun stuff, and a lot more will be coming. This was kind of phase one. We just we just relaunched the program. Um, just last two months ago or so. Okay. So we're going to be seeing some more just staples, some standard, simple basics, pants, shirts, everyday type stuff. Yeah. We have great sweatshirts, cool joggers. And it was fun with the joggers. Like my little, my little kids always love their pockets. And so to like put yes. little fun pockets in random places that, you know, is not really practical for an adult, but kids love, um, that was really yes. fun to do in the design process. Yeah, perfect. My um, daughter loves to fill her pockets up with rocks and leaves and all sorts of things that I find in the washing machine after the the fact. (laughs) Yes, lots of nature pockets for sure. (laughs) So what about availability? So I I know that I first discovered Pact at Whole Foods and I think, are you, you're you're still selling? Yeah, we've been sold in Whole Foods nationwide for gosh, seven or eight years. Um, And that's the primary place people can find us offline. Um, and in retail and they have a wide selection depending upon your store, uh, but in all the whole foods across the country. And then, um, the rest of the business is primarily direct to consumer. Um, so we sell, um, directly at our website, which is wearpacked.com. Um, and we have a big, huge selection there, both men's, uh, women's, um, kids. We also do, um, home, um, which is bedding and bath, which we just launched recent, recently. Uh, so it's, you know, we, we tr- want to try to make it possible for, for your closet to be kind of as organic or more organic than your kitchen, um, and make that possible, you know, basically at the same price that you would go buy stuff at Gap or at J Crew. Um, so as, as widely available as we can. Okay. So what about Target? Uh, we were like, when are you coming we, to Target? We were in Target, um, and we, we kind of exited that business, um, Primarily okay. because they're so focused on on making their own brands. They had their Cat and Jack brand, which is their house brand, um, and you know we, we it, that's kind of where what they work on. Right, and people love Cat and Jack, and I love Cat and Jack. I buy the Cat and Jack pants, um, jeans, and leggings for my kids, and we've had really good luck with them. And I think that for me, thinking about being sustainable with kids, because there aren't a lot of great options out there 
accessible options for buying sustainably for our kids is I really try to look for things that I know are going to be able to be passed on to another family after we're done with them. And I, I see that with the Cat and Jack pants most of the time, not so much with the Cat and Jack shirts and tops. I feel like that's definitely a kind of, um, that's, that's always hard to know, but, um, I think that's something that I really value when I'm buying clothes for kids and thinking about trying some of packed stuff is that I want to know that not only has it been manufactured organically, manufactured in a sustainable way, but also that it's not going to fall apart and then it's going to last beyond my family and it's not going to end up in a landfill. Yeah, 100%. And um, I, I making a disposable piece of clothing to me is just like considering the amount of resources it, it takes to make a piece of clothing to think of it as disposable is, is just it's terrible um so i we, we do our best to make things last one of the other cool things we do um if, if you do order directly from us on our website um you can basically take the box that we ship you our product in and then take old clothes um and then we will ship you a label to take that box put your old clothes in it that you want to recycle um and then send it to a local organization that needs it um so we make that a part of like we call our give back box but every box that we ship out we want it to kind of be an opportunity for you to kind of take something that you don't need anymore and give it to somebody that does cool i love that so what about i've i've heard of there being some sort of initial efforts with people sort of rebuying and reselling clothes like have you guys ever looked at this idea of maybe like manufacturing t-shirts and then allowing people to send the t-shirts back to you and then reselling the t-shirts or is that yeah sort that, of a pipe that's, dream? that's not our core business i get it um i think that's it's it's stuff with dispose like there's some items that like 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 a t-shirt that we all want our t-shirt to be soft and drape a certain way and in order to do that, we have to construct it in, in a certain type of fabric. And it's and it's not realistic to think that that fabric would last 10 years um, to get that kind of drape or that kind of execution. Um, so I think that, it, you know, for for higher end items, for jackets, for outerwear, for pants, especially for wovens, um, woven fabrics like they they their durability of woven fabric is something that just lasts much longer and I think it's more more around what you're talking about you know if you have a hundred percent organic cotton t-shirt um, you know t-shirts you know to a certain extent they pit out right <laughs> it's gross <laughs> but it's like you yeah know, there, there's there's stuff that happens to t-shirts because of the the fabrication of them um, that makes them so that they won't necessarily be something that um, you can you can give it to somebody else, but there's really cool, um, especially if you buy like 100% cotton or 100% organic cotton fabrics, um, you can recycle those and you can send them to organizations that will basically chop them up um, and then and then reconstitute them into fabric platforms that can be reused again. Uh, but when that doesn't work is when you have like a, a product that has, you know, 80% cotton, 20% plastic in it. Um, then that gets a little harder. But if you can buy pure cotton products, that's a great way to kind of, in a sense, upcycle the product back. So would you suggest if you have a cotton product, maybe like cotton t-shirt that's stained, sending it to something like that rather than donating it? Or, I mean, I guess what, what is the best way to repurpose cotton after you can't wear it anymore, after it's worn down? Uh, yeah, I th I, it's, I don't know the exact answer to that because I would, right. have, if you have, 
if you have a friend that really needs a t-shirt, like, <laughs> or, or local organization, I think about when we, when the hurricanes went through Houston, right, we sent down hundreds of thousands of pieces down to them to distribute because people were out of clothes and people genuinely needed them. So this gets back to like, I don't know if there is really, for me, I wouldn't want to say a best way to do it. I just want you to do something with it besides put it in the trash. And I, I really don't care what you do with it, but just don't put 82 pounds of clothing in your trash every year. Find a better use for it. Um, and whatever, and that better use can be whatever is easy and possible for you. I'd rather do 82 pounds the way you want to do it, as opposed to one pound, the perfect way to do it. Right. Okay. That's, that's good to know. And I always, I, I think that our buying philosophy for clothing is to buy less and to buy better. And then knowing that we can repurpose it. And usually at the end of the season, I just have like one small bag of stuff from my kids. And it's pretty simple stuff that I can find someone in my neighborhood or one of my kids' friends and pass it on to. So I feel like since we've started to buy less and buy better, we really don't even have the the hand-me-downs as much anymore. There's a little bit, but it's just, it feels so much simpler in that sense. Totally. Totally. They only want to wear one or two outfits. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's been so great talking to you, Brendan. I, I, t- I said that we love Pact, but if there's anyone out there looking to try Pact for the first time, do you have any kind of special offer that you can give us? Totally, totally. Um, we, ha- we have a great introductory offer. If you go to the website, wearpact.com um, and enter the code SIMPLE, uh, you'll get 40% off your first order. Um, and that will expire kind of later this year. But encourage you to do that. But if you enter, you'll get 40% off your first order. And I hope you can try all kinds of our stuff because everything in your closet can be organic. Cool. So that's wearepact.com. And you said uh, coupon code simple? Yeah, coupon code simple. And just enter that at checkout. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to stay in touch with Simple Families, go to simplefamilies.com and you can leave your email address to get all the updates. If you want to hear the things that Brendan and I were talking about today, you can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 173 and you can get the links there. If you're interested in trying Pact, you can take advantage of that 40% offer that Brendan gave us, which is the code SIMPLE at checkout. And that's going to go until November 15th. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I'm so glad to have you as a part of Simple Families. I'll talk with you next week.